Hello, I'm Anthony Santa. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. And this is Fusion Health Radio, the health, lifestyle, and mindset podcast, episode 44, Functional Medicine 201. Welcome to Fusion Health Radio, your source for inspiration, information, and insight on what it really takes and what really matters on your journey to abundant health. Hello and welcome to Fusion Health Radio today. This is episode 44. Welcome back. If you're tuning into the second part of our, uh, I guess we call it a mini-series on functional yep. medicine. Uh, functional Medicine 101. Last time Michael and I sat down and talked about, of all things, functional medicine. <laughs> but we only got about a quarter of the way down the page. So we're uh, continuing this podcast again, uh, this time around. Michael, how are you doing? Really well. All this stuff still top of mind? Uh-huh. You know what you're talking about? Yeah, I even got the same shirt just to like, Keep keep it consistent. Keep it consistent. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, if this is your first time here, Fusion Health Radio is a podcast dedicated to your health and well-being, uh, helping you learn the stuff you need to know so that you can live a uh, more balanced and happy and healthy life. Uh, one of the things we I talked about on the last episode was supporting this podcast with Patreon, something that's uh, new to us. We're looking for a little bit of uh, financial support so that we continue to grow our uh, community and the depth of participation that we have in uh, helping people be healthy and live healthier lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so please go and check out the page. It'll be in the show notes. And um, if you want to just hang out and just listen, that's cool. But if you want to help out, what we're going to do is provide um, either live interaction with Q&A sessions, uh, or if you want, you can get recordings of those Q&A sessions. Uh, if you want to pitch in more than just a cup of coffee a week or something like that, or I guess it'd be... What is it? Cup of coffee a day. Cup of coffee a day. Yeah. Well, a cup of coffee in 1975. Yeah. <laughs> a day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to kick in a little bit more help, uh, you can get a copy of my ebook, uh, Returning to an Ancestral Diet. Uh, again, you can either choose to, uh, you know, help out at the level where you can just watch those Q and A sessions on your own time, or actually participate in them live. Mm -hmm. There's uh, also other um, levels where Michael's going to be giving. Um I guess, medical advice. Well, one thing I'm encouraging people to do if they really want to go deeper into it, and this would be for clinicians too, is uh, I think we would call this our diamond level, and I think it's about 29 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. That includes all the stuff we've already talked about, uh, but it gives you access to uh, about a 90-minute, two-hour, very focused webinar on preventing and reversing You know, one of the most pressing chronic degenerative or autoimmune conditions that are out there because uh, that's kind of my ballywick or my specialty or focus in medicine. Um, and then we decided, you know, really um, reinforce the sense of momentum and connection and community. Uh, and I forgot what the monthly thing is, you can remind me, but essentially people get um, all of those things, which are worth probably hundreds of dollars at that point. I'll, uh, I'll read it right from the page. Okay. Let, me, let me save you the stumbling here. Thank the you. Platinum Level Fusion Health Radio uh, patron uh, is someone, uh, let's see, take charge of your health with a personal consultation with Dr. Michael Smith and support our ongoing work with the podcast at the same time for only $1.41 a day. Uh, with this pledge, you'll receive personal shout out thank you uh, for supporting the podcast plus a free copy of michael's uh, ebook cookbook returning to an ancestral diet uh, plus live access to our exclusive fusion health radio patron only monthly podcast question and answer sessions and a 90 minute session with michael and that's regularly valued at 300 dollars. yep 
Yeah. And uh, that, and also that webinar series. Right, the webinar series as well. Basically the same as kind of signing up for one of those online uh, sessions or summits and stuff like that. Yep. So uh, again, Fusion Health Radio, sorry, patreon.com slash Fusion Health Radio. Mm. And lastly, if you're somebody that just likes to listen to the podcast, you can still do that. Yeah. Please, please do not feel compelled to do that yeah. in the sense of supporting us unless it just works for you because, yeah, stress bad. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let's talk about some good things. Uh, right. This is a continuation of the conversation we had around functional medicine mm -hmm. and uh, functional medicine 201. Um, should we give them just a bit of a recap as to what you talked about? Uh, yeah, I think we talked mostly about just sort of the origin, the history, the sort of the inside of the paradigm of functional medicine, how it relates to modern medicine, um, how much it really has to do with... Um, discovering the root cause of dysfunction in each individual's, you know, medical history and present medical situation instead of trying to flail away at fixing a diagnosis that honestly for almost every situation I've ever seen in 22 years is completely irrelevant. It actually is very distracting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it was interesting to sort of uh, have my own sort of personal ahas around how you describe functional medicine and how I um, came to it as a, as a patient. And we talked a little bit about that. Um, I guess the, the perspective and attitude that somebody needs, uh, sorry, could have uh, when, when it comes to thinking about uh, what it is to be um, improving their health with a functional medicine perspective. Yeah, it's a very different thing, you know, with standard Western medicine, even going to a dentist, sometimes even going to an acupuncturist, the experience we have is sort of a fundamentally passive thing, mm -hmm. you know, whereas with functional medicine, that person's job is literally what the word doctor means, is to teach you what you need to know about why yeah. <laughs> this is happening and what to do about it. And again, the essence, if you, if I was to build an equation for functional medicine is if symptoms are dashboard lights and they're telling us there's something wrong with the body, the metabolism, or, you know, your psycho, emotional, spiritual self, the symptoms are the what, what is actually deeply going wrong metabolically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually is the why. And that may have a lot to do with your entire life, medical history and experience in the sense of conditioning, trauma, weird infections, not being breastfed, too much antibiotics. So with functional medicine, symptoms are the what? Our job as detectives, and I usually tease people by saying, I'm going to be Sherlock Holmes, makes you Dr. Watson. Mm -hmm. Team effort. We're going to get in there and figure out what the why is for you and figure out how to solve that. And the easiest way to put it is with functional medicine is if we find the source of dysfunction and we resolve it and return it to function, there's no more what, because you fix the why. Mm, yeah. Which is, uh, I guess, a profound um, shift from how most people participate in their own health. Um, I, I just, this popped into my mind. I'm uh, researching Alzheimer's, and I'm, I have this audiobook on my phone by the world's leading, most effective clinician in the field, in the sense of figure out the why and the what goes away. This guy's having conversations in his, you know, 10, 20 years of researching and trying to treat Alzheimer's, watching people's brains grow back yeah. under PET scans and stuff like that going, oh my goodness, you know, what's wrong? Your brain is shrinking. Okay, well, let's treat the reason why that's happening and fix the why and their, grains, their brain literally starts to like 
you know, get bigger and uh, absorb more, uh, you know, fats and other things. So for me, I think that's just one of the, you know, just get shivers thinking about what that would be like as a patient and as a clinician to go, so we got you off the gluten and turned off the inflammation and fixed your gut and your liver and a couple of other things and got you right with your, you know, family style or your meditation practice. And we're just going to watch your brain, brain kind of just grow back. That's all kinds of cool. Yeah. So <laughs> lots of different kind of cool what's out there, but yeah. it's always about the why. Um, so uh, from Functional Medicine 101, uh, we're episode uh, ahead of that with uh, 201. Uh, where do you want to start this today? So the term source of dysfunction or SOD um, is sort of step one. And I think most of us intuitively, if we were to think of our relationship with our spouse or our kid or our parents or whatever, it would be very easy for us to, um, I think, identify the core source of dysfunction in those relationships, if it's patients or if it's listening or something. So with human health, and specifically with functional medicine, there's kind of maybe like a 10, 12 terrains of physiology where the dysfunctions just tend to pile up. Hmm. So it's always going to be about tracking down the one, the two, the three sources of dysfunction and picking the one that's obviously causing the most downstream uh, metabolic harm or uh, congestion or, you know, what we call uh, like free radicals or uh, secondary metabolites that, you know, because of one process, they produce molecules that actually cause a whole bunch of other downstream processes that produce all these symptoms that are very, very, you know, scary and difficult to live with. But, you know, we might miss the the deeper source of dysfunction when we just focus in on the, the loudest dashboard lights. So that's always the, the thing you just want to, it's all about your SODs, your mm -hmm. sources of dysfunction. And that's on every level. If it's your posture, if it's your sex life, if it's your uh, internal dialogue, if it's uh, how you handle the people you work with, uh, or obviously your diet, your metabolism, your liver, you know, your brain, your toenails. <laughs> if something ain't working, there's a reason why. So it's just getting your mind around kind of like making that little heading in your little box in your, in your mind. What is the biggest source of dysfunction in blank part of my life? Mm -hmm. And, um, the other thing, and this is tricky to explain is that there's a context, uh, in reality, but in medicine and obviously in functional medicine that we called, well, this is a physics term. It's called manifold tautology. Tautology. I don't know who came up with that one. It's, Greek or something. <laughs> it kind of means everything about everything. Okay. So a very easy way to look at the idea of manifold, and that's actually the, the school I started years ago is the Manifold Institute of Functional Medicine, which I don't really do anymore. But we called it that because what manifold means in physics and in health is really, really smart. So the easiest example, and I'm using car analogies today, the manifolds of your car make your car work. So you have a little piston with a spark plug and the gas comes into the chamber through the intake manifold because manifold means around completely something. Mm -hmm. And then that explodes and moves your car, you know, however far that moves your car. And then the, the waste has to come out through your exhaust manifold. So again, manifold is just something that surrounds you. So here you and I are sitting in a room in a town, you know, in the winter of 2018 in the atmosphere of a planet. And that atmosphere is manifold to our physical body and our ability to breathe. Mm 
So when you start to pick, um, you know, and do lab testing or, you know, there's these correlative questionnaires we do that bring up a lot of flags that say, your liver seems to be a little bit grumpy. So the next question from a functional medicine point of view is, what is manifold to their liver? Because if you take anything in the body, and this is sort of a Chinese medicine thing too, you've probably seen in Chinese medicine articles or textbooks or whatever, the little five-pointed star and the arrows go back and forth and around and they all mean different things. And you can look at that as sort of a, an easy way to remember something. But if you were to grab on any one of those, you know, say five elements or systems in the body, and you were to say, put your finger on it to hold it down, all of a sudden the entire diagram would rearrange itself around that thing. So here's your liver and what your lungs do to support or limit or heal or harm, you know, your particular liver giving where you work and what you've done in your life, if you smoke or not. And then there's how your digestive system is obviously manifold to your liver because everything you swallow has to be broken down into stuff that eventually goes through your bowel membranes into your blood supply, right through your liver. So when you pick something, everything else is around it in a way that controls its ability to heal. So whatever the main SOD or source of dysfunction is, we look manifold to that system or that organ or that, that situation or even that belief system. <laughs> and we look at what actually supports it or limits it. Hmm. And then we start resolving the primary functional status of the primary source of dysfunction while supporting or perhaps uh, relieving this the system of whatever is the most manifold to that that's causing other problems or limiting that system's ability to heal. So you know, blah, blah, a bit of, um, maybe new terminology for people. But once you start seeing anything that way, you know, what's the root problem, what's around that problem that's stopping it from getting better, you know, in whatever way that's true, or what's around that, that actually is the most likely to move it ahead by, by, you know, cause it's actually working really well, you know, as the expression goes, give a, you want to get something done, give a chore to a busy person. Mm-hmm. So if you have an organ that's just chunking along, doing a great job and taking care of everything really well, you've got one that's limping. Maybe there's a way you can help what's manifold for the highly functioning organ to really um, share that resource and, and, and support that system or organ that's actually in dysfunction. So, you know, again, if I had a Chinese medicine little five-pointed star diagram and people were familiar with those kind of uh, interactions and relationships. It might be easier to, to play it out visually, but it would probably end up being too literally about how Chinese medicine thinks. Hmm. But I'm just saying both Chinese medicine and functional medicine have exactly the same operating system. One has a microscope, one looks at your tongue and checks your pulse and has lots to say about, you know, the complexion on, on your, your face or your, you know, your fingernails or whatever. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, the, the, as you, talked about that like this sort of uh diagram i saw in my mind's eye and i could see that but then as soon as you said put your finger on the one spot and how everything else would rearrange itself around that mm-hmm. you know mind blown over here i mean that's that's such a, a powerful way to look at um if i reflect on my own experience of uh, using functional medicine for my own health mm-hmm. um to sort of you know look at that one thing and then all the other satellites going around it very cool. Very cool. So when, once we start to get into that paradigm of thinking, the next thing to do is to look at how functional medicine actually operates with patients. Hmm. So you're either in an office with somebody or you're working with somebody online and it's probably just as often one way or the other. Um, and especially if you're working or wanting to work with somebody who's got a specific focus in functional medicine, 
um, you know, the amazing boon to people that you can just make an appointment with somebody, you know, in another country and have them happily help you solve your sources of dysfunction, identify your manifold opportunities to heal and offer you, you know, exact, you know, testing to uh, isolate, you know, the, the most specific way to get the most benefit and giving you, you know, typed up written protocols and links to other resources and stuff like that, you know. So for me, I think it's just amazing that we're at a point now, especially with the internet and how functional medicine can work with lab testing across the planet, more or less. I mean, you, you if you really want to talk to a specialist who really knows what they're talking about in functional medicine, it's it's a email away. <laughs> yeah, it, it's no longer going to your, um, having a GP mm-hmm. and then waiting for them to point you to a specialist and then waiting for that appointment to actually happen or something like that. And unfortunately that whole paradigm is based around the fairly passive aggressive, uh, habit of medicine to try and diagnose people. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to throw this out there because this is something that actually does happen. Um, and this would be like the opposite example of someone who's trying to find a specialist or a referral. I've had, I don't know how many people, you know, in the last couple of decades of doing this, who've come in and said, well, I went to my GP and, you know, he says he's not really sure. I should probably just wait until I'm a bit sicker until uh, they'll be able to figure out what's going on. Or same story, but even scarier. I went to the specialist, I got a referral, they did all these tests and they said, well, we should probably wait until you're a little bit more critically sick so we can isolate exactly what's wrong. I think you actually shared a story about going to see a specialist who told you to wear underwear on underwear, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, if they don't know, instead of saying, let's be better detectives, they say, come back when it's worse or when somebody else figures this out. Come back when you're on fire, and then we'll know how to put it out. And the only reason that happens is they're trying to find the name, which mm. is the what, or a kind of a bumper sticker for a constellation or a group of what's, instead of why in you, in your age, your genetics, your ancestry, your life, your history... You know, all those things. If you're, you're not doing the detective work, you're not doing detective work. You're doing this really weird modern medicine game of what's it called? Here's a drug or we're going to chop that off. Hmm. Well, it, I mean, you make the car analogies all the time about dashboard lights, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of like the one where um, the dashboard light that comes up that just says check engine. <laughs> yeah, I would say check mainstream medicine for <laughs> credibility. I mean, and I, I'm not, I would be really clear because I know a lot of doctors. I'm big fan of medical science, big fan of emergency wards, big fan of people not dying of car accidents and infections and, you know, psychotic breaks and other things like that. But we all have to admit that the check engine light has got to come on how Western medicine tries to handle chronic degenerative inflammatory autoimmune stuff, which is almost everything out there. Yeah. Well, and I I think to be clear, um, our intention is to inspire people to a different path of medicine, not Mm -hmm. necessarily to sit here and bash people who wear white coats and... Yeah, no, they're they're really good at what they're actually really good at. Yeah. They're they're just kind of in the weeds when it comes to stuff that they're not really good at. I mean, that's true of anything. I mean, if you're not good at it, do something else. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not good at it, start a podcast. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, 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 term there, the, uh, sources of, uh, what did you call it? Dysfunction? I wrote it down here and I can't even remember. Sources of dysfunction. Um, looking at, um, uh, looking at the whys, 
of things. Um, what else can you sort of say to sort of take this conversation along? So typically there's a process and especially with what's called FDN or functional diagnostic nutrition, which is sort of the way I've chose to organize how I'm doing functional medicine in the last three or four years. Usually we start off with assessing fundamentally your endocrine system, your stress physiology or regulatory hormones, um, you know, certain aspects of the front line of your immune system, uh, and all of the interactive balances uh, that are going on with that. Because especially in the modern world, there's a lot of stresses going on. You know, right. if it's money, right. time, pressure, family, I don't know, I mean, this with tongue in cheek, you know, Donald Trump or whatever. That's this causing you to feel that life is much more imposing on you. And then there are what we call internal hidden stressors, right? So you have low-grade infection, you've got a leaky gut, you've got, um, you know, overburdened liver, you know, you used to overdo the booze or the tobacco or whatever, and there's some cleanup to be done. Uh, those hidden stressors are going to cause your adaptive physiology to read as if you're under a lot of stress. And most of us, when we think stress, we think taxes and, you know, romantic imbalances or something, you know. So that's usually step one. Not always, but usually. And um, that's changed actually hugely even in the last year. So for probably 10, 20 years, we, we bounced around between terms like adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion, uh, what people would call a pregnant alone steal, which is a funny way of saying, you know, hormone A stole from hormone B to make hormone C and now hormone D, E and F are basically wandering around, you know, without any money in their pocket, you know. So that's changed even now from just trying to sort of test uh, adrenal physiology, stress physiology in your hormones. And then, you know, most of the time, and it's still a good idea to focus on balancing how your adrenal metabolism works because that's governing everything else. Like it's the, the master system. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're freaking out internally or externally, I don't, I don't think, you know, at this point working on, I don't know, your probiotics is going to do as much for you as not freaking out <laughs> sure. on whatever level. So that's usually why it starts there. And again, balancing out those things with supplements, things that support adrenal health or uh, balance out other hormonal imbalances, super good idea. But we're now much more aware uh, with new kinds of testing, what's called organic acid testing and, and a, you know, a few other things. Um, what's really going on is a dysfunctional communication between your hypothalamus, your pituitary, and your adrenals. And again, the feedback loops between that and what's manifold to that with digestion, with your liver, with lifestyle, with everything else, you know, it's, it's clearly always going to be the kind of the center of the dartboard, the bullseye, you know, let's, let's just see if adaptively you're actually, you know, making it. Hmm. So if you, you do that kind of testing, it's not that expensive. It's usually saliva. Uh, or urine, uh, you're basically going to be able to tell the person, you know, things are running great. You're just about out of gas. Oh my God, you're, I can't believe you got to the office today. <laughs> <laughs> right? So once you can get a sense of that deep, deep root system and, and start to, you know, pry apart what's really causing that, and it could be just that, you could be just having a really stressful life. Other times it could be that you're, you know, you're having a leaky gut and you're basically pooping into your liver, causing inflammation and toxic toxicity, which I'm pretty sure pooping into your blood's kind of stressful. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> if there's a hidden <laughs> internal stressor, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm pooping into my liver. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I just keep hearing the word stress and, you know, I think of all the different 
information that I've read over the years or whatever that, you know, stress is bad. Um, and it's just really interesting to, 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 to note that that's like sort of the first sort of diagnostic uh, thing that you uh, approach somebody with hmm. is identifying stressors either internally or externally or emotionally or... Yeah, and I would say that what we're really testing for is your adaptability. Right. So, so l l let, me, let me sound this out then, see if I understand this right. You're saying to me, the patient, mm -hmm. um, I want to see how it is that the mechanics of your body are actually doing what they're supposed to do. On a survival adaptive level. Because I'm a, you know, you're a, real, real you're a primate who's yeah. living in a jungle that's a little weirder than it used to be, but how you doing? <laughs> well, I was going to say relatively hairless primate. <laughs> For those of you watching the video, yeah. notice the shine um, <laughs> as he rubs the top of his head. Um, we're we're going to get solar panels for that. So, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, but you're basically coming up to the individual and saying, how is it that you function mm -hmm. uh, given uh, how it is that you live mm -hmm. and where it is you're living and what you're doing? Yep. That's really, uh, th th we should call this, you know, episode 44. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. So it is really freaking cool. And I mean, fundamentally, when you're dealing with Chinese medicine and then they're checking tongues and pulses and stuff, that's fundamentally what you're feeling and seeing is what your adaptability is doing. Hmm. You know, strong, weak, over the top, a bit left sort of sided or whatever. Too much gut bugs, not enough membrane health, you know, too much inflammation. Uh, you know, you seem anemic, whatever. So... Uh, even from a Chinese medicine point of view, that's what you're looking at. We just didn't get into the lab testing because no microscopes, right? Right. But okay, so same same initial meeting. Hi, how's your survival going? Right. It, 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 I don't want to take this too far afield, but is Chinese Chinese medicine as smart as functional medicine in terms of actually? They're the same thing. I mean, taking pulses and identifying things by looking at my tongue or all well, that. That's stuff. just a pre-microscope lab test, right? But yeah, I mean, the, 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 I guess they're looking for the same answer mm -hmm. and it's yeah, just... One, one's a microscope, one's 5,000 years of empirical evidence. That says that if I do this, I'm going to be able to find out the same information as yeah. whatever it would be if I looked under a microscope, right? So if I looked at the, t the veins on the bottom of your tongue and they were profoundly distended, purple and mottled in a specific way, then I would say, well, you've got portal vein restriction because you're pooping into your liver. <laughs> And you can see that. You as, can, you as, can, the stuff you can see on people's face and their tone of voice, their eyes, their their earlobes, their fingernails. Like, um, it's, it, no one invites Chinese doctors to parties. Because <laughs> no one wants to be like, you know, eating crap and getting drunk in front of someone who can read your hey, entire physiology on your what, face. What's, what's Bill doing with that bag on his head? <laughs> He's afraid to come out. His, his Chinese doctor is across the room. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay, so I, I just wanted to, to sort of get it in my own mind that that, that sort of um, level of expertise or understanding was actually always there, and now it's just a, a different tool to actually... Yeah, same paradigm, different tools. Cool. So once we start looking at adaptability, again, adrenal health, next thing would be neurotransmitter health, you know, and we can do that in inferring that from questionnaires, symptoms, other things. Um but you can do things with organic test or organic acid testing, uh, dried spot urine testing, and a few other things um, that just tell us, well, your you know mitochondrial system is out of whack in this way, uh, your homocysteine levels are too high in that way, you're totally depleted with the clearance of serotonin, you know, or all these other things, and then it, it gives people, especially when stress, depression, anxiety, insomnia which always happen after chronic stress, 
um, then you can kind of get more idea of what, what's the source of dysfunction going on around mood and sleep, memory, stuff like that. Hold that thought. The idea of hearing all of these different things, if I were to come in and, and have you put me under a microscope and you come back with a list of all these different things are wrong, um, is that not in, in and of itself stressful to the patient? Only if you think of them as a bunch of things that are wrong. Hmm. So here, here's a really interesting analogy. Actually, I haven't thought about this in years. Um, say I have a picture of a person and you can't see the whole person, but it looks kind of like maybe they're running just okay. because maybe one foot's on the ground or both feet are off the ground, but they're, you know, snapshot, ah, right? <clears throat> are they dancing? Are they trying to catch the bus? Are they going to kill the president? Are they running away from a tiger? Are they running because they're athletic? Are they running because they just smoked a whole bunch of really bad PCP and there's purple dragons with, I don't know, lightsabers coming after them, right? So a weird thing, but when you look at one thing and you think about it as right or wrong, it's not, it's not really thinking, it's reacting. Okay. And believe me, that's the first thing everyone does is, oh my God, look at these numbers. Oh, <laughs> right. But when you actually look at them as a moving picture that explains more likely what the person's running about, why they're running and what they're running kind of means, then you just have to start adjusting things. Less mm. of this, more of that, you know, and things get better. I think it's really all, all about how you communicate with people too, because... Well, and, and that's why I asked that, because if, yeah. the, if the name of the podcast is Functional Medicine 201, I think we're still shining a light on what it's like to actually be treated or mm -hmm. uh, to actually uh, engage in this whole process of dealing with your health around functional medicine. And I'm going to say, especially with functional diagnostic nutrition, which is the thing I got into a few years back, um, after doing functional medicine, the old, what the other way for 15 years or something. <laughs> You're going to say old fashioned, right? <laughs> well, no, no, no. It just, it's just, there's the doctor version and there's more of the frontline, I don't know, helper person. Sure. Or just organized a little bit differently. So when you're looking at things from an FDN functional diagnostic nutrition point of view, you're not looking to diagnose people. So when you're looking at those numbers, you're not going, oh my God, Fred, you're going to die. You're going, hey, Fred, look, this is a bit low. This is a bit off kilter. And this thing here is completely over the top. Let's just look at those as opportunities to shift a few pathways, shift a few uh, lifestyle habits and choices around to get these things working properly. Because instead of saying, oh my God, you have serotonin deficiency syndrome, we can say, you know, your neurotransmitter balance is a bit low because of inflammation, because of this bug in your tummy. So let's figure those things out. And three months go by and oh, look, your neurotransmitters are completely balanced now. So no diagnosis needed. Just looking at a source of dysfunction and, you know, correcting the imbalance. And how are you doing, Fred? Perfectly fine. I just wrote a book. Like, wow, three months ago, you couldn't remember your name. <laughs> and you were wearing a bag on your head in parties. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh. So uh, <laughs> if, if people, um, and again, if patients come to you and they get that kind of conversation from you, mm -hmm. are they like, but doc, tell me, what have I got? Like, do, do, do they actually take that information and, and sort of like, does it sink into them or does it sort of like... Can I answer that question? Yeah. And, and please just accept that this is meant to be funny. I'm sorry, sir, ma'am, whoever. You have life. It's a sexually transmitted terminal disease. Uh, there's really no cure. You're going to be for, for as long as you choose to based on what you choose to do with this whole body thing. And... Uh, mindset and attitude and everything else actually matters more than most people think. So 
good luck with that. I'm happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the whole terminal life thing, but uh, welcome to the club. Yeah, wow. Because <laughs> okay. I think that's the only diagnosis that's worth actually speaking to. <laughs> Everything else is just Mind a blown. weird label. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I've been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Right. Right. So that's a really interesting thing to walk around with. Because what does that mean? Some guy named Dr. Crone in the 1930s says, oh, look, that's why these people are pooping blood. Put my stamp on it. You're like, okay, that makes me even farther away from what's going on. Because if someone said, oh, you have a specific kind of autoimmune inflammation to the membrane of your small intestine, triggering this kind of inflammation, this kind of atrophy, blah, blah, blah. Here's all the things you can do about it. I mean, that's information I can use. Whereas, like, oh, you have Crohn's disease. I'm like, oh, yeah, the... Right. Huh. You have Alzheimer's disease. Oh, Parkinson's, right. Lou Gehrig's. I mean, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Lou. My name's not Lou. It's Mike. Lou's Fred's friend. Whatever. You yeah. know, anyway, it's just to make the point that with being tongue in cheek, I mean, obviously if someone gives you a clinical diagnosis, that's a lot of information and it's very valuable in the sense of beginning the detective work. Sure. You have Parkinson's. Okay, let's begin asking why for you, your family, your medical history. And then we're back to the individual thing. So for me, a diagnosis like Parkinson's is just a symptom. Hmm. It's not the uh, um, final stamp. Yeah, because Parkinson's disease on a certain level doesn't exist. A constellation of changes in neurophysiology, inflammation, and immune system characteristics measurably change. And it's always different for everybody. So to say Parkinson's disease is, duh, 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 is a fallacy because everybody with Parkinson's disease, if they did 10 different unique lab tests, would probably have a completely different uh, end profile of what's the, their sources their, of dysfunction, what's manifold to that, and what the biggest opportunities are. Hmm. So, I mean, again, Parkinson's, okay, let's find out why. <laughs> right. <clears throat> huh. Well. Uh, so is... again, it's, it's going to be the same conversation in, in the sense of the paradigm, but you know, once we've looked into like stress, uh, intolerance, uh, neurotransmitter health, and there's no real order to this in the sense that it has to be done in, in any kind of order. The next thing I would usually suggest people do is either look deeply, uh, into their immune system by looking at a food sensitivity panel, even a real simple one. And that can be saliva, uh, it can be stool for some things. Uh, blood, obviously, and or uh, dried blood spots uh, on these little cards that have chemicals that interact with things to help us figure out, you know, what you're most likely to be actually mildly allergic to or your immune system's had too much of, which sometimes turns out to be the actual why. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so there's uh, that kind of way of, thing, of looking at things. Or if I'm not thinking about uh, immune system reactions as sort of probably being a big why, then we're going to look at how your body's actually metabolizing uh, really hard to digest tissue, like say tryptophan or something like that. And uh, that's determined by digestive health from top to bottom, but also a little bit about how healthy your microbiome is or all the bugs in your tummy get along. So we see that uh, in urine with something called indican. Um, there's checking for uh, what are called uh, basically bile acids or bile salts. And um, that's going to be in the urine as well. And if your bile is all corrosive and caustic, it's usually because of, you know, bad habits that mess with your liver or something actually going a little bit off with your liver. I'm not saying that's what's wrong. I'm saying that's something we can see going a bit sideways. We still need to find out why. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you can check for what are called lipid peroxides in the urine. Again, if you're full of inflammation and toxins and you're partying way too much or you're working in a highly toxic environment, uh, your amount of uh, free radicals and lipid peroxides will be higher. So for you know, 150 bucks or whatever, you can test all that stuff out. And again, instead of thinking of it diagnostically, you're like, okay, that, I mean, it, it blows me away on, honestly, Anthony, you know, if I'm talking to people from a Chinese medicine point of view and I say, well, you know, you've got liver stagnation and dampede and, you know, some yin deficiency or something, which hopefully somebody hearing this knows what I just said, um, you know, and that, that's something you can take as seriously as you want to. But if I sit down with you with a, a lab test and say, look, you know, you're, uh, bass or your bile acids and salts are way, way too high. Your lipid peroxides are incredibly high. Your ability to break down complex proteins is really bad. So I think we really need to fix up that whole uh, little symphony between your GI tract and your liver. And once people look at the numbers, and I've had this experience myself, if I get lab tests on myself, you know, accountability sometimes starts with some counting. <laughs> and for a lot of people, when they look at the numbers and they can see how off scale, high or low something is, you're motivated. Hmm. For a modern thinking, industrially educated, science oriented human, if I say indeficiency and dampede and stagnant liver chi, you know, if you have some way to wrap it around your mind that supports you and informs you and encourages you or dares you a little bit to get better, then that's enough information. But it's been my experience, especially with myself, maybe I'm just stubborn, but it's so much more profound to look at some numbers and go, oh, the cause of not changing that will probably kill me someday. So off to the health food store to get some glutathione or something to, you know, take care of my post-holiday, you know, migraine or something. Hmm. So that that's another really common thing that we do. Sometimes we're just testing the blood for nutrients. Do you have enough vitamin D? You know, what's your zinc uh, copper balance? For a lot of people, that's a huge thing. Like, in, especially with depression, anxiety, insomnia, social anxiety disorder, something we call pyroluria. It's a big part of Alzheimer's. So if you can start figuring out that balance and why, um, you're just going to cognitively and mentally and emotionally feel more like you. Whereas if no one's checking in with that, (laughs) it's going to be a really long, grindy road to try and figure out what's wrong, you know, looking at your adrenal compounds, because that's not why. That's now the adrenals are are basically the puppy being kicked by a copper zinc imbalance. Sorry if kicking puppies was a bad analogy, but... Yeah, (laughs) I guess the idea, Carl. So is is there... um, like if, if, if I presented with something like that, like an adrenal imbalance, mm-hmm. um, does, um, medicine actually help with that? Or does it just, sorry, I was saying medicine being like drugs, like pharmaceuticals? Yeah. Some will. Yeah. But usually they're going to mask symptoms. Okay. So that, that's, that's what I was thinking because the way you talk about, um, what you're looking at when you identify these different things and how you can take um, different, um, for lack of a better word, supplements, mm-hmm. uh, to support, uh, one thing or another, um, to affect a different outcome. Um, it just makes me think that, uh, regular, uh, medicine or drugs don't really support things. They just sort of like stop them from bleeding. 
They're, or stop so, them from hurting or stuff like what are the what are the names of the top classes of drugs uh, painkillers i don't know that's an anti-pain medicine hmm. anti-inflammatory antibiotic antidepressant so it's it's literally just a a giant um that guy's making noises punch him in the throat <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, I'm 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 doing this a bit tongue in cheek because those things save lives every day. Sure, but in the long term, smacking down every process that's producing a dashboard light is eventually going to destroy the car. Hmm. And we're so much more than cars. It, it's so that's just an easy. I had a friend thing. who used to have the dashboard lights come up, and you just put duct tape over the top of the the light so he didn't see it anymore. They. There's an anti-dashboard light <laughs> device. Great, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah. I mean, and this, this is honestly for me, Anthony. It's all about patience. Patience. What, so, you mean the people that visit you? Patience? No. The th thanks for helping me clarify that. So, there's impatience, like I'm in a hurry, and then there's mm -hmm. patience, like I'm not. So I'm going to ask anyone listening and for you and me in this moment right now, imagine you're in an intimate relationship and you need to apply a certain amount of care to your partner in order for their needs to be met. But right now, because your life is doing what it's doing, you're a very impatient person. Hmm. How would you rate the expected quality of care for your partner? Uh, it wouldn't be an eight or nine out of 10. No, I think, think it would, I mean, well, It'd be, we're, uh, we're two guys, so the instinct to make guy-girl jokes kind of just pops into my head, but I'll probably just shut up. <laughs> it, it, it would be, uh, you know, low on the scale. Uh, or you just offend the person for pretending. Yeah. So when it comes to Western medicine, they have seven minutes and you're allowed to bring up one or two things. So in terms of care, that's a very impatient partnership. Right. And because we're all primates who model our behavior around everything else we see other primates doing, because that's how humans become what we are, how well can you care for yourself if your relationship with your health is impatient or addicted to your pasta and bread and muffin and croissant or alcohol or something that's obviously more thoroughly hurting you? Mm -hmm. You cannot take care of anything deeply in a nurturing, mindful way and still be impatient. Interesting. And um, I, I think it needs to be said that um, my approach towards my health, um, it's either patience or stubbornness, but I've been sort of <laughs> lo looking at it. Um, I've been looking for whys, mm -hmm. why answers for years as to why things didn't work for me and why things still don't work for me. Um, as opposed to getting any kind of anti-anything and putting it on it mm -hmm. or in it or around well, it. Well, if I mean, if you're, you're in a situation where taking an antibiotic or an anti-inflammatory or an antidepressant is going to get you enough relief care, and that's not patient care, it's not nurturing care, it's just relief care, mm -hmm. to maybe wrap your mind around the fact you may have to change your diet, your lifestyle, your job, some part of your relationship with yourself or other people, then it's like, okay, I got some time. Thanks, coach. I'm going to, you know, take, take my time out here and reevaluate, reassess and reassert myself. Yeah. But if it's all run, 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 go, 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 react, duck, <clears throat> freak out and label everything. <clears throat> I don't see that going 
anywhere else than downhill and more drugs. Hmm. Right. Um, you're sort of been going through, I guess, different sort of um, uh, protocols. Mm -hmm. Is that the right way to describe it? Well, it's just more like kind of arenas of of investigation. Okay. So everybody's sure of of adrenal fatigue, so there's ways to assess that, not as a diagnosis, but as a ratio of, of, of certain hormones and neurotransmitters. And again, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we have got urine tests for toxins and things. There's uh, one of my favorite ones. It's an intestinal uh, uh, permeability test or a leaky gut test. So the way that works very quickly is you basically drink a, um, you put some little powder in a cup, stir it up, drink it, and that powder is made of two very unique kind of carbohydrates. Both of them are in a way undigestible meaning that they don't change their chemical structure from the time we ingest them to the time we excrete them. Okay. One of them is really, really tiny. One of them is kind of weirdly bonky and big, right? So if you're having normal, normal absorption, you should be absorbing a ton of the tiny guy and not a lot of the big bonky guy. If your guts are moderately inflamed and irritated and swollen, you're not going to be absorbing a lot of the tiny guy or the big bonky guy or a lot of your complex proteins and nutrients because your whole GI tract is, uh, the absorptive membrane is now kind of in a traffic jam. Hmm. And right? so once you pee or poo those things out, you can actually tell? Is that what you're... So, yeah, once, so once you pee out the ratio, if you have, you know, a whole bunch of little guys and almost no big guys, it seems kind of normal. If you don't see a lot of big guys and you don't see a lot of little guys, you're not absorbing the little guys or probably a whole bunch of your food. Hmm. If you see that the person has not a lot of little guys, but a whole bunch of big guys, then we can say, yeah, the guts are all mucousy and inflamed and full of the traffic jam things, but there's a bunch of big holes in the fences, you know, if we're using a traffic analogy for the big bunky guys to fall through and, and actually be peed out. And then when things get really bad, you see lots of big guys and lots of little guys and lots of other stuff. And, you know, then you could say, oh my God, your leaky gut is like off the charts. Hmm. You know, what's funny, when I first got into functional medicine almost 20 years ago, uh, it was about 20 years ago, um, our primary intestinal permeability test, and I love sharing this with people, was go have a cup of coffee and uh, spill your pee a couple hours later. And the smell would actually indicate... If you could smell coffee on your pee, you have a leaky gut. Wow. And so it's not like that test is broken or doesn't work anymore. It saves you 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, why is there a lineup at Starbucks? <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people with, you know, functional medicine protocol pamphlets in a little cup. Hi. That's right. It's not as accurate as, as the what's called lactulose mannitol test, which is those two carbohydrates. Right. But... Um, I would say, you know, for any listener, you know, if you want to say, I'm just curious, you know, next time I have a coffee, I'm going to just go and sort of <laughs> take a little whiff of my pee. If you smell coffee, I, I can't say as a clinician diagnostically anything, but I can say based on ratios of just how biology works, you might want to actually take the test for intestinal permeability and see exactly where it's at. Cause it mm. might be just at the beginning where a few little, uh, the, a few of the bu- big bonky guys get in. It might be near the end when you're about ready to go into full blown autoimmune dysfunction. So if the coffee pee smell comes up, spend the 200 bucks, get the intestinal permeability test, the IP test done. It's, it's that kind of, that kind of money for saving that kind of depth of damage to your body 
I don't know. Somebody says that seems like a lot of money. I'm, I just want to look at them and go, if you don't find out what this means and wait another two years, it's, you know, if you're still able to work, right, that would be an interesting conversation about how much you can afford to pay for lab testing now. Right. So some people in functional medicine, functional diagnostic nutrition as well, they decide, let's just run you through the top five or six or seven lab tests that everybody probably ends up doing eventually anyway. And absolutely in certain situations, I agree that makes sense, but that's 1500 bucks US. Hmm. So Canada, that's like $8 million and, and your firstborn kid. And, but anyway, so you're basically, you know, in a situation where if you can't afford to do that, then you need to sit down with your clinician and, and again, focus in on sources of dysfunction. What's manifold to that? Can we test something that's the most likely to give you the most uh, clear insight on what we sim simply describe as an opportunity to heal? Mm -hmm. And our job as clinicians is to try and figure that out as best we can to serve our patients. So some people, here's 1500 bucks. Let's just, it's like a pit stop where you take the whole car apart and put it back together again. Okay. We, we got the whole thing, right? right. What's going on. And that, that works sometimes. Sometimes I honestly think that's a bad idea, even if it's affordable because the situation's complicated enough that you can't really tell what's manifold to what the whole thing is just coming off the rails. So let's start with something that's really obviously crucial, build that up a little bit and then see what changes. Right. So it really depends on the situation, but, um, I would say the intestinal permeability test, the coffee on your pee test, I think that's a really good entry point for anyone, especially if you're dealing with allergies, you know, chronic inflammation, and especially anything that's classified as autoimmune, hmm. you know, um, there's obviously poo tests where we like to say, you know, you poop on a piece of paper, like a puppy. And then you put scoops of your poop in little vials and things, and sometimes on slides, and you have to put little chemicals in it. It's quite the lab thing to do at your home in the modern world. <clears throat> but you have to do those stains and trichomes and stuff. Sorry, tricolors, to uh, prepare your fecal samples for the lab. Right. And you actually have to do a four-day stool test to have any kind of valid, meaningful response, especially with intestinal pathogens or bugs. Right. Right now in Canada, tears come to the eye. If you're going through your general practitioner, your medical doctor, and you want to have a parasite test because you just got back from Bali or India or somewhere, they're only going to test you for one day. They're going to test you for 25 bucks. If it comes back clear, wait and see. Wow. And if you have to go to a GI specialist, you actually have to fight with them a little bit. Uh, to ensure that they'll do a three to four day stool test. Because again, a medical services plan in Canada, although it's relatively free, it's relatively... Um, Limited? Word? Well, I mean, it's like that, that uncle you've got who's got money but hates to spend it. Right. Right. So instead of saying, well, let's just find out, they're going to say, well, let's just rule out if you need to find out. Hmm. Which in the long run, in every case, turns out to be more expensive for everybody. Right. But it's like, save those pennies now to spend $500 in a month. Hmm. Well, that's an exaggeration, obviously, but it's just sort of helping people recognize, especially in, you know, it's awesome to be in a country with, you know, socialized medicine because no one can afford it any other way, at least in these kind of economies. Yep. But we do have to recognize that if you have a social services kind of medicine, 
your best bet for long-term health is to put some money away just in case you need to pay for a CAT scan or pay for some lab work or, you know, get some massage or some acupuncture because, you know, although that's covered by some insurance, a lot of the lab tests aren't. Right, right. Um, although they're, they're, they're covered more in the States. Interesting. Interesting. The, the, uh, so the, the idea of all this different testing, you know, to the, um, the thing that keeps ringing in, in my ears here is I keep telling you, I keep hearing you say that you're looking at everyone as an individual. Everyone presents as an individual. You're always focused on the uniqueness of everyone's uh, situation as mm -hmm. opposed to rubber stamping somebody through uh, a medical process. Yeah, and fundamentally, I mean, even, even if I was somebody who just, I mean, I can't imagine ever wearing a lab coat, but if I was a functional medicine doctor wearing a lab coat with my clipboard and a person came in and I was just giving them the feedback that was minimally required to help them balance out their metabolism given their lab tests, I'd probably still be doing a better job than standard of care. Hmm. But that's not what I do. No. Because once we come up with an overall sense of source of dysfunction, what's manifold to that, we develop a protocol based on tongues and pulses and symptoms and questionnaires and or some lab tests. Honestly, man, most of my day, every day, is sitting down with people going, now what? Let's get to know each other a little bit. How willing are you to do this or that or try this or <clears throat> take these things three times a day or uh, get acupuncture you know, every week for a couple of months or um, consider counseling or, you know, have a really good coaching session with people about where they're stuck because knowing what's going on in the sense of what's wrong or what's measurably out of whack, good to know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Being aware that there is a, that, that there's in place, uh, basically a therapeutic regimen that's going to solve this problem. Good to know. You know, I got you know, these three things going on, there's these things I can do about it and I can pitch in this much, much money a month for my supplements and great. And if you're not naturally a proactive, organized, consistent person who doesn't get distracted very easily, you're going to be fine. Hmm. Cause you'll just, you know, yeah, it's like a little soldier. Yes, sir. I'll follow that protocol daily, rigidly, perfectly and ta-da, they're better. A lot of people honestly, 80% of stuff is really a deep personal healing journey. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people in the integrative functional medicine world have just sort of in profound respect for human beings as human beings, but also just with respect to what's really going on. That's most of your job. <clears throat> okay, Sa uh, Sally or Fred, you, you have these imbalances. They're measurable. This implies that you have these things going on underneath your diagnosable medical condition. It usually takes this long. It's going to require that you eat this way and exercise that way or stop running or start running or something. And then it's spending hours over weeks and months with Fred or Sally saying, so how's it going? What else can we do? What else can you get involved in? Is there books you can read? Is there a meditation class you can go to? Is there... Um, a podcast. I was just, just going to say a podcast or like, you know, I think I mentioned those, uh, you know, those sessions and summits you can get for 50 bucks now online that are 20 hours of, you know, the world's top experts helping you understand not only what the hell's going on, but like all the stuff you can do about it. Because mm -hmm. that's, I mean, we're talking about the Patreon thing and getting people to sort of associate with us much more in a kind of tribal get on the bus, let's go somewhere together way. 
that's a, the biggest part of what most people need because that's mostly what I'm doing in my practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, here's your numbers. Holy cow. It's another thing to say, so now how are you and who are you in in this new reality? Because that's, that's what happens. I mean, and I've said this probably in every podcast, you have to find your why, <laughs> you know, because you're going to be the person 20 or four seven doing the do's and not doing the don'ts. Right. Well, and I, I think too, that, um, um, focusing on improving one's health with, uh, a functional medicine kind of approach, um, is really difficult to do in isolation because all of a sudden, if I have to start eating differently, then, um, the other people in my family, all of a sudden are going to notice you know, it's not just a matter of me walking up to a cupboard and mm. popping a few pills and right. getting on with my day. It's like, oh, I can't eat that anymore. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, man, what are we going to eat instead? Like it's a, a, almost like a community kind of process, I would think. Mm-hmm. In some cases that might be true, some not for sure. But um, as much as this is about the individual, I also think it's about um, really supporting um, a, a bigger picture of health in our lives with who it is we deal with. Yeah, and it, this is meant to be a bit goofy, but, and I may do this someday, but it's at this point, it's kind of meant to be goofy. Um, I would love to produce a little kind of card, maybe a bit bigger than a business card, but not too big, you know, with basically a statement saying, I have been diagnosed with a complex chronic medical condition that requires a very specific therapeutic diet. And then if you flip it over, <clears throat> it would say, unless you have like three PhDs and 20 years medical experience, bleep off, go, you know, gosh darn it, because you're undermining my ability to actually maintain any momentum with my health because you keep trying to make me eat Doritos and, you know, pop tarts or whatever, because that's what we used to like to do on Sunday morning. I'm sorry. That's a really weird idea for someone to just make this up. But... Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a huge factor for people because then there's the shame then there's the, the social isolation or the social awkwardness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, when I think about that and I think of, uh, one of the things that's really for a number of reasons coming up as, a, I don't know, epidemic, if you will, is called SIBO, uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, especially with respect to people who've had a lot of kind of chronic weird infections, ear infections, throat infections, whatever, who's taken antibiotics chronically throughout their life. And at a certain point, the immune system just sort of throws in the towel and the ratio of microbacteria and their location in the GI tract gets completely thrown off. And these people react to everything or certain things and that are other times they don't react to anything. And Mm. and a person with really profound SIBO within 20 minutes of eating food is going to look like they're four months pregnant. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable and it's nauseous and it's exhausting. And of course there's a test for that. Um, and basically same thing, you swallow a bunch of really specific carbohydrates and this is the coolest thing. It's like a, a big kind of plastic bag balloon full of mini plastic bag balloons with little mouthpieces that you can blow into and fill containers with exhaust respiration, basically your breath. Depending on the gases that are in that breath, we can tell you what kind of bacteria are in your gut and how far down, down your gut that they're, where they're at based on the kind of gas they produce and how many, you know, hours or minutes it takes for that gas to show up in the test. That's really cool. So it's super kind of goofy and bonky thing to do. But <clears throat> the number of people with subclinical SIBO that's running their condition is startling to me. Hmm. And that's another, it's like 250 or something like that for that test. For that test, yeah. 
you know, and that one can actually be a little more expensive depending on who you talk to, because when you're diagnosing SIBO, you're diagnosing SIBO. You're not saying, look, there's a little bit of an opportunity because of a source of dysfunction here. You're clinically telling them they have a clinical condition. So sometimes with that, depending on who you see, you might have to pay an extra fee to have an actual medical doctor licensed to diagnose that condition, be on board, assess your lab tests, uh, prepare a document for you and your actual medical doctor saying, doctor to doctor, this person has a medically provable disease. Right. So that gets a little bit tricky with the, the law and licensing and stuff like that. But you know, that's huge for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. I, I would say if you're just running around going, I don't know what the heck's going on, look into a basic SIBO protocol in terms of diet and ratios and, and amounts and, and ways of cooking your food and just sort of fiddle around with that because it's about the most irritating and difficult one to get into. And it's going to solve most people's problems just because it gets rid of just about everything that's bad for people. That's some pretty good advice. You know, you could be a little less pushy and do just sort of an AIP or an autoimmune protocol, or you could just focus on an anti-inflammatory diet. But uh, once you start removing these erosive triggers to human health, most people's uh, metabolisms and immune systems just self-correct because you stop punching them in the nose. Mm -hmm. Or you just give them what they actually need. Right, right. Um as far as the uh, the list of things that uh, you wanted to cover today, where are we going next? Uh, I think just to give people a sense of what else, you know, is out there. And sure. I don't need to get into a lot of detail, but, you know, you can test for heavy metal um, load in, uh, in blood in some ways, in urine in some ways, and in hair in some ways. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Richie Schumacher, he's sort of the, the Jedi around all this stuff. And he does this tri-test where you're testing for both uh, inorganic and organic mercury and a few other uh, metals and uh, base nutritional minerals and stuff like that, uh, both blood, urine, and hair. Wow. Because they all show up in different ways and different ratios. And that's really the only way to be sure. And that, uh, he's also really big on testing for toxic mold. So one of the tests we use for that is called VCS or visual contrast sensitivity, where you literally look at weird color gradients with one eye or the other eye or both and figure out whether or not you actually have such measurable neurological inflammation that your eyes can't focus and distinct distinguish specific kinds of gradients of color. Super, super simple and super legit. And this could be a, a test for, um, preventative assessment for people in families that are prone to Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or MS because it basically assesses the load of inflammation and the deterioration of your entire neurological system. Wow. That's, that's, it, it, that makes me think of that. Uh, when you know, I got my eyes tested, you know, the little colorblind test or whatever it is. It's just mm -hmm. as simple as looking at something and yep. being able to... No, you basically just hold this thing up against your chin and you look at these little cards left and right and then people just flip over the cards and, you know, change them and, and they just take like a score of how well you can actually discern with your vision what you're seeing on those cards. Wow. And I mean, it can rule out like actual neurological inflammation. And that test actually has mostly to do with what's called SEERS, uh, chronic inflammatory reactive syndrome or response syndrome. And uh, that's a global inflammatory response to something like the spirochetes from the deer ticks that cause Lyme disease or the specific kind of mold. We did this conversation a few months back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's what you're dealing with is the immune system's reaction to the mold, not just 
you know, the mold. And that would be tested with that. Or you can test for very specific kind of metabolites that show the immune system is overreacting to certain proteins um, in, in the brain or even the blood-brain barrier itself. Because if your immune system decides to start attacking your blood-brain barrier, then there's leaky gut, then there's leaky brain. Leaky brain, bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> le- le- leaky anything, probably not well, good, but... Maybe. <laughs> Uh, what we're looking for, uh, what I'm looking forward to in, in the future, um, and it's not that far away, is an, a, being able to test a complete genetic profile of your microbiome. The genetic profile? Yeah, because there's thousands of different variations of species and subspecies of yeast, bacteria, funguses, and, and uh, even uh, certain commensal parasites that are good or bad. Um, but instead of, I mean, if you actually take the DNA of a human, you have one human, but if you look at all of the different DNA in a human, there may be 10,000 different species. So there's one of you and everybody else isn't you, but they make you possible. Right. And if that ratio is all out of whack, what happens to you is profound. I mean, uh, I think I mentioned, uh, either this episode or the one before a guy named David Perlmutter, who's <clears throat> another mentor of mine. Um, he's a clinical neurologist, brain surgeon, <laughs> and what he's come to is giving people probiotic, uh, enemas and suppositories to stop the inflammation in their brain. He does all kinds of other stuff. It's just, I just love mentioning that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, right now the go-to thing by an actual board certified neurologist is, well, let's start with your bum hmm. brain surgeon bum. <laughs> <laughs> so in the sense of your, your microbiome, right. And, um, there's, we're about two years out, I think, from a, a really clear one. But if we had a really good microbiome test and we looked at fecal transplant as a therapy, which is now like everyone's doing it in their living room illegally without doctor's consent because it works so well. Wow. And it's weird. Hey, who's my healthiest cousin? Can you poop in a jar? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to stir that up and stick it in my bum. Sorry if that seems graphic, but that's what a fecal transplant test is. And if you're doing it at home, it's going to be as wonky as a sitcom if you know you're doing it in a clinic it's hopefully hi honey i'm home oh what the hell is this (laughs) keep your shoes on (laughs) but when we can test for the entire genomic ratio of your microbiome that if you were to do a fecal transplant test it would be specific for that or if you were to take uh, rectal or oral suppositories it would be for that specific imbalance because right now we're looking the way we treat our microbiome is like I don't know, for some reason, this is the first time this has popped into my head, but I'm thinking of a kid's baseball team <clears throat> where you just keep switching out players randomly because one's popular. <laughs> Here's Billy and he's got a 50 billion, you know, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> what do you call that? Um, is it IBU? Colony forming units per milliliter. <laughs> I was, was going to say IBU, but it's CFU, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, CFU, colony forming units per milliliter. But anyway, so that, that's that been kind of the fad. And in Canada, for whatever reason, we're allowed to have 50 billion and 100 billion, you know, CFUs, you know, per cap or whatever. Whereas in some parts of the world, even the US, I mean, 10 billion, you might need a prescription or something. Wow. I mean, that, that, that was years ago when I had that conversation. I don't know what it's like now. But there's all of that. Someday soon, we're looking at a new uh, microbiome test that just has to do with your mouth. Because it turns out dental health has everything to do with the rest of your microbiome, your entire vascular system, and your brain. 
because mm -hmm. the stuff in your teeth can run through trigeminal nerves back into your actual brain. Right. And a lot of people with Alzheimer's and other neurological inflammatory disorders, when you actually take samples of their tissue, you see basically mouse bugs eating away at the brain causing inflammation. So the more we can test for these kind of pathogens and or change our lifestyles to avoid feeding these pathogens or a bit of both, that's going to have huge impact. So we're re I mean, for me, it's like for some reason, 2018 just feels like <clears throat> the diving board for functional medicine to really fly in the world because we're that close to being able to cover everybody's butt in every situation <laughs> or brain or, or tummy or SIBO or Sears or, you know, got yeah. your back. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm just still thinking about being uh, in the living room and having somebody <laughs> walk in the door. You know, and the next thing is, this is my new hobby, uh, epigenetic testing. So we're testing for what are called singular nucleotide polymorphisms or genes that are doing something funky. Hmm. And uh, Dr. Ben Lynch, he's kind of my main teacher in that. <clears throat> he just came out with a new Summiter series called Dirty Genes. And he's, he's a really interesting communicator. So if you're looking for a lot of information on uh, specifically nutrigenomics and what genes do what, <clears throat> that's a great uh, series. It's available now in 2018. I don't think it costs very much to get 32 experts to explain how all this stuff fits together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but just as a quick example, if you were to get some genetic testing and you came up with something what's called an APOE gene, uh, gene 4, uh, you, and you only have that for one of your parents, you have a significantly higher likelihood for Alzheimer's if you don't do all the little good things you should do. If both of your parents have that gene and now you have it on both sides, you have an even more drastically likelihood of developing Alzheimer's. Hmm. So genetic testing is not only what could go wrong, um, sometimes it's actually what is going wrong. You know, this comes into methylation, other pathways that are highly, highly uh, determining of your overall health. So Interesting. I could go on and on and on, but you know, main thing is, again, with functional medicine, we can test pretty much everything now. And we're on the verge of testing things that no one's even, even imagined doing before. And I really think this is just honestly going to leave Western medicine where it's supposed to be, in the hospital, treating car accident victims and infections. And gunshot wounds and broken arms. And, 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 and anything else that's like a, a triage unit should be dealing with. Mm -hmm. A lot of med medical doctors right now are actually transitioning uh, over to functional medicine practice because it's fun and it's effective. And I don't know if you make more or less money one way or the other in the sense of how people look at their career path, but just a lot of clinicians are saying, you know what? This whole prescribing 25 pharmaceuticals for the next 25 years, meh, boring. Yeah, I would you think know, so. You know, and I'm not putting Western medicine down. I'm just trying to put it in its place a little bit because they're not doing as well of a job as anybody else at all with chronic disease. Mm -hmm. It's just not their, that's not their happy place. Should be blaming them. We should be patting them on the back. You got us this for, bro. Thanks for getting us to two thousand and whatever. Now we've got all these other tools. Great job. Mm -hmm. See you in the hospital. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, neat. Um, the uh, the list of things that you were going to talk about in terms of functional medicine. Have we? Well, that, that covers just sort of I think enough 
what we can do, what we soon will be able to do, why we do what we do, how it's going to change fundamentally what any patient in the modern world can access for actual care, patient and patient, patient care. (laughs) (laughs) Patient, 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 patient. Well, there's inpatient patient care and then there's patient patient care. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, Was there anything more that you wanted to cover today? You're kind of done. I think, think that was just functional medicine. This is, you know. Functional medicine 201. 201. We're going to help you figure out why and then focus in on the do's and don'ts. And most of what we do with people is coach them up on how to be the you that's going to actually pull it off. Hmm. Well. That's what, that's the only thing that's going to ever work is you doing the work. I'll I'll say for myself, sitting here for the past hour or so, um, just really ramps up my curiosity as to what, is actually possible and what is going to be coming next down the pipe. I mean, can't wait to find it, out. Whatever is already established is always curious to me. I mean, this is episode 43 after all. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here for that long, but to hear you talk about what's coming up next. And I would hope that uh, uh, our listeners are um, into that um, same sort of like, wow, this is really cool. I, so want to, I want to know more. This is what's coming up next. What's coming up next? Next weekend, we're going to do a live Q&A for everybody. Right. Right. So it's not exclusive to the Patreon people at this point. It's just everybody who's interested in this show between the time you hear this and a week after you hear this, (laughs) uh, send us an email, uh, send us a Facebook question or throw it up as a comment on iTunes or whatever. Um, once we have your email, we will put you on the list of participants who can be live on what's called a Zoom uh, meeting. And when you decide to ask your question, we can actually toggle it. People can see your picture if you want. You can turn off the camera if you don't want people to <coughs> see how you look after a sleepless Saturday night. <coughs> and um, See how my hair is doing. <laughs> <laughs> going to get the gel soon. Okay, that's right. Anyway. Watch, I'm going to part it. <laughs> Uh, but that way, you know, as, as a burgeoning tribe or family of people, our next show is going to be all about you because mm-hmm. you're going to be on the show yeah. with us asking us questions. Oh, uh, very cool. So let's see if we can simplify that for people. Please. Uh, <laughs> you're the computer guy. Y- you got to, if you have a question for our Q and A, um, reach out to us on Facebook, uh, look for Fusion Health Radio there or send us an email, fusionhealthradio at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Done. Done. Uh, send us a question, uh, that way. And Actually, you know what it makes this the simplest, I think. Sorry to jump in. Send us just a howdy. Say, hey, I'm interested in being on the live call. Don't You can ask your questions on the live call. Or if you want, type in your questions so we can be, we can sound really smart because we already know what you're going to ask us. Sorry. <laughs> but once you send us that message or question or both on fusionhealthradio at gmail.com, we have your email. We can put your email on a list. No, we're not going to send you a bunch of crap, but we can send you the link to the zoom so you can participate so that automatically all you do is click a button and you're on the show yeah uh and you can do that that. from most devices even i think you can uh, participate even from a smartphone i would think phone tablet computer yeah might mean you need to download uh, the zoom app yeah yeah oh yeah that's a really good thing and when the thing prompts you to do that it gives you the power to be live on the show. It's not downloading some program onto your computer to eat your data or steal your credit card. <laughs> it's just there to give you steal a- Steal your I'm, soul. Well, <laughs> not somebody else's job, but it just gives you a little tiny app to allow you to be live on audio and video without having to use your phone. Yeah, very cool. Um, so we're getting all kind of getting all kinds of sciencey and geeky here bet. on this podcast. Uh, well, let's see what the questions are next week. They might be all spiritual. That'd be fun. <laughs> 
going to have to, for those of you who don't know who J.P. Sears is, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back with like red hair, yeah. long red hair. Yeah. Uh, this, this has been episode 43 of the Fusion Health Radio podcast, Functional Medicine 201. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, tune into Fusion Health Radio's uh, previous episode. Mm. Uh, that's Functional Medicine 101. I, I think I'm surprised we didn't come up with this already, but we usually rec- record these Sunday afternoons, one thirty to 2-ish Pacific Standard Time mm. in the afternoon. So as we try and figure out how all that works, that would be the time it's going to happen for you live. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the whole idea around people uh, emailing us yeah. is so we can actually say, hey, click here then. Yeah. Once we get our poop together. It just popped into my mind going, yeah, that's pretty vague if way, I think about it. <laughs> way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. Good, good. <laughs> just, just stand by your computer for 24 hours. On a, never mind. If, if you're ever thinking of doing a podcast, get a producer like Anthony. Trust me. Smart guy he is. And look, at he's good looking too. Can you see that? Hmm? Can you see that? He's good looking. Anthony? Oh, yeah. he's. <laughs> As you're playing with your headphones, because you didn't hear what I say. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, uh, yanked my jacket of headphones be I'm a t- i talk with my hands just... you're, you're doing pretty good today uh we're just all kinds of giddy because we've been at this for the past couple of hours again fusion health radio uh like us on facebook find us on facebook uh subscribe or download us on your favorite uh podcast player uh please rate and review us on whatever platform you like so that the universe knows that we're cool yeah and uh take a look for us on patreon and consider supporting us financially to continue to do the work that we do and um uh, deepening the participation that we have with you our listener and uh affecting a whole bunch of people in a healthy way yeah so welcome to the tribe here we go here we go uh thanks michael it's been great today you have been listening to fusion health radio Please add your comments or post a question at Facebook slash Fusion Health Radio.